Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. Uh, that would be much, much appreciated. And just a reminder, you can pick up the Locked On Leafs podcast each and every day from wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Uh, so today's going to be a little bit of a, a different podcast. So what actually ended up happening was uh, was I had Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators. He's been on the show before. I've been on his show. We've done some some collaboration. But he also works with me here at TSN as the uh, Leafs game night producer uh, here for, for TSN 1050. So he's pretty knowledgeable when it comes to the, the Battle of Ontario, obviously keeping a very close eye for Locked On Senators. And then uh, working on the every uh, you know TSN lease broadcast as well. So I thought bringing him aboard today to uh, to talk about the uh, the Sens Leafs game coming down tomorrow would be a good idea. And I did that, but the conversation turned out to be like uh, almost an hour. So what I'm actually going to do is I split it up because uh, the the conversation, the pregame about the Sens and Leafs, I'm going to put post tomorrow morning and that'll come out tomorrow uh, before game time before puck drop but today this show that I'm putting out right now that you're about to listen to is actually going to be a, a kind of a throwaway conversation that I wanted to have it was supposed to be just one segment long but it turned out to be like 25 minutes and I was like man I could just I'm just gonna split this up into two different shows because these are two good conversations that I wanted to have so the first combo that we had was his thoughts on the Alex Galchenyuk deal and this is this might be the last time that we have the conversation about Alex Galchenyuk. Um, although I did get a couple of um, a couple of questions in my mailbag about the trade, so I'm sure I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it there if I don't answer the question um, with with today's podcast. But uh, so yeah, so we got his thoughts on that because keep in mind Galchenyuk started the year with the Ottawa Senators. He's played eight games with the Sens this season, and now is a Maple Leaf, and we'll see what he's got. We'll see what Ross has to say if he thinks that he'll even crack the lineup, if he'll be a factor. We'll see what he's got to talk about. Uh, so there's that conversation. And then for those who who aren't too familiar with Overdrive, so I, I am, uh, you know, Al's brother is a character that I play on Overdrive. Not a character, it's just a nickname that I was given, and that's all they call me on the show. Um, I'll answer that question on a later date because that also came up in the mailbag as to how I got the nickname, and I'll share that in a moment uh, or, or in a couple later this week when I do my mailbag. Um, but so each and every week I do power rankings. So I rank the teams in the North Division, one through seven, and then this week we put a little twist to it. We said, all right, let's also do the goalies. So I ranked my goaltenders from seventh to first. And if you're not too familiar with the show, Jamie Noodles McLennan, a former NHL goaltender, works on the show. And this guy lost his mind at my rankings. And Ross used to be a goalie as well, played a, a decently high level. Obviously, didn't make it to, to to the show or anything like that. But you know, he he touts the locked on sends as a goalie friendly show. So I thought, you know, all right. Well, 
well, let me let me see what he thinks about my perspective on the goaltenders within the the North Division um, and how I rank them and see where he has them at. And it's like I just said, sparked into like a twenty minute conversation, which I'm about to play for you guys uh, in, in just a moment. So that's pretty much all that's on tap for today. It was an off day for the Maple Leafs as they rest up after that disgusting collapse yesterday to the Senators and uh, get rested up for tomorrow's matchup against the Ottawa Senators. And again, we will have uh, Ross Leviton on for that preview tomorrow as well. So keep an eye out for that one. But for now, let's get to today's show where we discuss the Galchenyuk trade. And then also we take a look at my power rankings for the goaltenders within the North Division. We'll see. We'll see where Anderson lands because Ross Mr. Sens fan had a little bit of an issue with where I had him. You guys as well definitely let him know if he's right or wrong. I clearly think he's wrong, but you guys let him know um, as well on Twitter. He's at Ross Levitan. And here's that conversation after a word from our sponsors. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock. Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you alongside me. we got Ross Levitan of the Locked On Senators podcast. You can go check that out wherever you find your podcasts. And, well, wherever you found this podcast, Locked On Sins is there as well. And before we get to the goaltender rankings, I do want to quickly get your thoughts on this Alex Galchenyuk deal that went down the other night because he spent the first, uh, well, up until Sunday, I guess, Saturday or Sunday, uh, first little bit of a season in Ottawa. Although we got it from Carolina, he did not suit up a single game for them. Uh, he ended up coming over to to Toronto in a trade. And I just want to get your thoughts on that and what you think Galchenyuk could bring to the Leafs, if at all. Yeah, if at all is, is the part of that I'm going to key on because, hey, to be fair, in Ottawa, he didn't get much of an opportunity. He got into the lineup for, I believe, eight games, had that one goal. It was a power play goal. It was a beauty on a one-timer, cross ice, and put it upstairs. So the shot is still there from his 30-goal prowess back in the day, but just not able to play away from the puck. I think this is a depth of acquisition at best, but if you can put him in in a game and if you can find a spot for him on the power play, I don't really see one but you, what did they give up for him next to nothing yeah. and when you when you put it that way it is what it is we put out a tweet when he signed in ottawa it's funny enough in the past five seasons alex galchenyuk has more goals than any player on the ottawa senators which <laughs> just speaks to ottawa's youth more than anything but when you look at what his future value can bring it's not that it's not 93 goals in five years because most of those came in that 30-goal season exactly five years ago. After that, he's been bouncing around. He's been checking off team after team. And, well, you saw it, right? Carolina gave up an asset so that they could put him on waivers. 
because yeah. they wanted Cedric Paquette, who himself I think would be more of a waiver guy than Alex Galchenyuk. So, hey, this is his last stop before the KHL or another European league. So the motivation has to be there. But as I'm saying that, who am I kidding? I said the same thing when he signed in Ottawa, and now that's two organizations ago for Alex Galchenyuk. So I wish him well. I, I did like the little spark he had. That power play goal was great, but I just don't see it with a team as talented as Toronto. How about that? Three organizations in three days. Yeah. That's serious. That's, that's Alex Galchenyuk for you. But, you know, you, you said it. I was going to ask you if you thought that this may be, uh, can they catch lightning in a bottle here? Because he finally realizes, hey, this might be my last shot, my last chance to stick around in the NHL. And, you know, maybe it, it humbles him and he understands that he's not going to be in the lineup every night and he's okay with that. But then when he does get his opportunity and his chance, he makes the most of it and he goes out there and in a third or fourth line role and ends up actually playing well and maybe produce a little bit. You think that's still a possibility there? Is that skill and that that you know that third overall pick still in him somewhere? You think, or is he just kind of done and washed up? Ah, I don't want to ever count anybody out. Hockey's too finicky a game. I, Mikey, I lived through the Hamburglar run. I I believe anything <laughs> in 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 the world of hockey, anything can happen. But I don't see it. I I just see a guy who has trouble regaining any sort of trust from, from a coaching staff. And yeah, that's Ottawa didn't give him opportunity. They played him under 10 minutes a game in eight games and look at the roster that Ottawa's icing on a night-to-night basis. They couldn't find a spot for him in the lineup. So who's to say that if the worst team in the league can't find a spot for him, that the best team will, right? You can make the argument he's playing with better players, but he played with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You think they could get an offensive guy going? I know that Everyone spoke highly when he got traded there for Phil Kessel that, oh, Evgeny Malkin was going was gonna to bring him to that next level. Well, he right. had five goals in 45 games there, barely playing over 11 minutes. So I, I don't see it, but I've been surprised way too many times to count him out. I will say this, uh, and this isn't, my, uh, this isn't my thought. This is Dave Poulin's thought, and I heard him say it today on Leafs Lunch, and uh, I thought it was a really good point that he made, so I'll, I'll say it here on the podcast the Maple Leafs have a really good development system. They have really good skills coaches. And currently, he's not with the big club. Currently, he is technically with the Marlies down um, with the minor league team. So if Alex Galchenyuk does end up kind of, you know, down in the Marlies, getting a shot to refine his game with the skills coaches, maybe they can find something in his game and show him, you know, how to improve and be the player that he was expected to be back when he was the the number three overall pick. Like, let's face it, there's somebody in that organization that probably scouted him in his draft year and was like, I think we could probably get him not quite to that where he's a number one center, maybe not even a top six guy, but look at him and say, look, this is an NHLer still, I think, and, and we just got to get through to him. And the fact that the Leafs have a great collection of development coaches, maybe they can kind of get through to him and he can become something and and revive his NHL career to an extent. Yeah, I mean, if there's a team and a development staff, it's the Leafs who, who, um, who, who could maybe do it. I just... I'm not seeing enough out of his skating, out of his commitment defensively, or out of his kind of will to push the pace at, at any um, at any part. So, hey, uh, I, I wish him all the best, and we got to just remember he's not like a rookie developing anymore. 
He's 27 years old. So at what point is he what he is? But I mean, I wish him all the best. Like I said, he barely got a chance in Ottawa. He was in and out so quickly. But you look at him, How fun question to end this off. Hey, um, how many players have played for all of the Leafs, Habs, and Ottawa Senators? Are you asking me, like, is this a trivia question or is this it's a It's like half trivia. I have one <laughs> answer, but I only have one answer. Uh, off the top of my head, let me try and think of – no, I don't think he played for Ottawa. Uh, okay, you you say the one guy who you know, and I'll think if there's anyone else in the meantime I'm trying to think, though. Well, it's a recent one, so I'll tell you the order that he played on the teams, and then you can see if you can guess. It's uh, He started his career in Montreal – and more recently played for Toronto and then Ottawa. Are we thinking of Ron Hainsey? Yes, sir. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Nice work. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there are others who have played for all three organizations, but in terms of guys who are currently on these uh, on these teams, I think probably somebody's punching their steer- steering wheel right now. How could you forget about this guy? <laughs> always. That's that always happens. Just slips your mind. It's like, hey, when you're you ever find that always happens. Whenever I'm actually listening to the radio or listening to podcasts, and someone's trying to think of of whatever a player or a trade that that went down, I'm like, I, I, this is the answer. This is the answer, and they go back and forth. That's guaranteed to happen uh, on this podcast as well for the listeners. But uh, you're right. Let's let's put this to bed because honestly, I don't think this is a major trade by any standards. F- fun fact, though, and correct me if if somebody can prove this wrong, but I just saw it in, on a tweet that David Warsawski, I want to say, is one of the guys in that trade. Yeah, he got assigned to the Chicago Wolves. His brother is the head coach of that team. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of cool. That might be the best part about this trade is the reuniting <laughs> of the Warsawski brothers. Oh, and yeah. when all said and done, when Galchenyuk eventually turns out to just be nothing but a depth piece, we could say, you know what, though? At least we got a feel-good story, and the Warsawski brothers were together at last in Chicago. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get to these goaltending rankings because I've been itching to uh, to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to assume Marcus Hogberg did not make your top seven. Uh, nope, he certainly did not. Not even close. I think uh, he was on the outside looking in here and pretty far out of it. But we did have one Ottawa Senators goalie make the list um, and I'll go through it. One through, or I'll, I'll start with seven through one. And then you tell me your thoughts, and maybe you can poke around, oh, why'd you have him? But I'll just let you know. So I had Thatcher Demko as my number seven goaltender. And then we had Matt Murray. I think that for Murray, the season that he, the way he started was awful. But he's rebounded, and he's had some really nice starts before his injury. So I think maybe this is before, um, uh, it? Uh, recency bias. But I put Matt Murray here at number six. Jake Allen, and this is kind of what let Jamie Noodles McLennan from Overdrive 
just go off the rails. The fact that Jake Allen I had in here ahead of some other starting goalies, he didn't appreciate that because he felt that only playing six games should have disqualified him from the rankings. I disagreed. You can let me know in a moment. Then I have Freddie Anderson, followed by Carey Price, Connor Hellebuck, and then Markstrom was the number one goaltender, in my opinion, so far this season. Not who's the best goalie, but who has performed the best. This is strictly a performance-based rankings right here, and I have Markstrom at the top. What are your thoughts on my rankings? What are you picking apart here? Do you agree? you disagree? I'll let you have the floor. I really like the top of your rankings. I think Markstrom's the best goalie in the country. And if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, you're you're pissed about that oh, yeah. because you've seen how good he can be. And it's uh it's just unfortunate they couldn't make things work. Now, how good will Demko be? That'll be the long-term answer, but it's a clear downgrade going to Braden Holpe at this point in Holpe's career from Markstrom. So he's at the top. Now, Hellebuck's a bit of a mixed bag for me, right? He played against this Ottawa team that really had trouble finding the back of the net before Monday, before Monday. Um, So he played his last two starts against them. So some would say maybe that makes you look good. But at the same time, that game on Thursday night against Ottawa, he was the reason why they won. Ottawa outshot Winnipeg 42-22, and Hellebuck stood on his head. So I think that only cements his status because – Let's face it, over the past year plus, he's been the best goalie in the league, winning yeah. the Vesna, and he even got some love for the Hart Trophy. So if anything, maybe you're thinking, why isn't he number one? But Markstrom's been that good. Then if you ask anyone, probably I would say, uh, what would you say? Like in the older demographic who just, they go on reliability, I think more than who's hot right now. And if you ask, I should say maybe more which players you ask or coaches, players around the game, they would probably have Carey Price number one. Like if, if you have to win a game, who's your starting goalie? Right. Carey Price is probably a lot of a lot of people's answers there. Whereas where your list gets interesting for me is Freddie Anderson because you did this list on Tuesday, not on Monday. And I think <laughs> that performance against Ottawa was pretty uh, pretty indicting, I, I think. Like you have a, f- a four-goal lead and then – You have to make saves. We always say on our show, and one of the goalie coaches I grew up going to, actually a developmental coach with the Marlies, John Elkin is his name. He has a a mantra, and that's momentum killing goals. You have to to cut them out. And that's two minutes after a goal against, or a goal for, like the two minutes after a goal, and in the final two minutes and first two minutes of a period. So Ottawa not only gets that shorthanded goal to, to end the period with eight seconds left, then a minute and a half into the third period, they get another one. So those two back-to-back are killers for momentum. And at that point, Ottawa really got back in the game. So that loss, you could say that maybe the goals weren't directly Freddie Anderson's fault. But if you spot any of these goalies ahead of Anderson, and I think a few behind him, a four-goal lead, I think that 10 times out of 10, they're going to bring it home. So I actually jumped Jake Allen above Freddie well, Anderson. He, I, I so have Jake Allen at four. I think he's been that good. Yeah, but so here's the argument for for that. Like, you're going based on on one game, whereas Freddie has been pretty consistent year-round. I think so far, I would argue that this has been Freddie's best season since he's gotten to Toronto. And let's be honest, it doesn't really matter how the regular season goes. We all know Toronto's going to end up in the playoffs when all said and done. It matters what they do in the playoffs. But so far, like, Freddie's been steady. Like, I've, I've really liked the way that he's played. He's actually stolen a couple of games he's made a bunch of timely saves and and, you know the the stats don't scream to you that this guy has been uh, you know unreal goalie but I think Anderson when you couple that with how many games he's had to play his heavy workload I think Anderson has been one of the better goaltenders 
of this uh, of this um, of this division. And when it comes to Jake Allen, like he's only played six games. So so with that small of a sample size, how can you definitively say that he's he deserves to be ahead of Anderson in a power ranking? Yeah, no, not definitively. I would just say more so from from my perspective. It's you who could do you argue want to start a game right now tonight. Who are you starting a game if you need to get the W? Right. Right. And, and I mean, I think Carey Price would be the answer for almost everybody. But even then, I probably would go with Freddie Anderson. Like, Jake Allen, he's been the statistically the best goaltender at 5-on-5 five five this this season, actually. Like, he's legitimately been the number one goalie. He's got the best goals against average, the best save percentage at 5-on-5, five five, a 960 save percentage at 5-on-5. Five five. But I spoke to some hockey people within the game, and I, and I asked them your thoughts, because I was considering moving him up in the rankings as well, like just based on statistics alone. And they said, look into it a little bit more, because if you look at Allen's starts, they're a little bit cupcakey. You know, they're playing against lesser teams, the Ottawa's, Edmonton's of the world, and he's getting the, the, the start on the back-to-back night. So he's getting a bit of a weaker team going against him and when Montreal is going to be the better team they're going to perform better than a weaker Edmonton or a weaker Ottawa so for that reason I was told that those numbers are slightly inflated based on his usage in comparison to a guy like Carey Price you don't think that Freddie Anderson should be indicted a little bit that he's 0-1-1 against Ottawa this year when you mentioned (laughs) Allen getting cupcake starts Anderson can't win those yeah, no, you're right. That that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah. I mean, when you when you think about a game, uh, a whole season, right? You, you look at Freddie Anderson as a whole. He's been pretty good. He has been horrendous against the Senators for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Hopefully, that doesn't continue and persist throughout the rest of the year. And I mean, if he's going to play this way against Ottawa. Maybe Anderson's not the goalie of the future either because that, that's not going to bode well as the sense team gets a little bit better. But I still believe that Anderson has been a quality goaltender this season despite what the what the statistics say. Yeah, those three Vancouver starts, I thought he was at his best for this season. Yes, they scored seven goals in each of the first two games, but he was still electric in goal. He made a few two-on-one saves. The cross-ice pass I thought were awesome. And his start against Winnipeg was great. He's played awesome against uh, Montreal, but when you look at Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, all his starts against those teams, I just see a few chinks in his armor, and maybe it's uh, it's a bit of bias seeing what he's accomplished at the end of each of the last few years. I'm not the biggest Freddie guy, although I do think he's a really good goalie. He's definitely on this list, but I just think that there's a little room for where he could fit in right now because you do these every week, or you do the power ranking style every week. So I like to see some movement based on – a little more recency uh, than I think uh, you're willing to go with Freddie. Cause in this past week, it's been uh, up and down. Yeah, it, it has been. You think about the last couple of games hasn't been great. Uh, that's that, that you cannot definitely cannot argue. Uh, but at the top of the rankings, we did have Demko and your boy, Matt Murray out in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And this was something that uh, noodles had an issue with as well. He felt that Murray should have been seventh. Demko should have gotten a little more love for me. He blamed my my bias towards Vancouver as a reasoning for having Demko last, saying that I'm mad at him. But personally, <laughs> again, this is I, I'm in the same boat when it comes to recency bias. You're talking about Anderson here. I'm talking recency bias with Murray. The way that he's played as of late, I think he's been a better goaltender than Thatcher Demko. Yeah, and I think that's very fair to say. But with Matt Murray, he hasn't exactly exuded a ton of confidence in how he's played, although he's been better of late only playing the two periods before leaving with injury against Winnipeg. But even including that, 
in his last four in his last five games, he's got a 930 save percentage. So really turned it around after that three goals on nine shots against Edmonton. Uh, that was the, obviously the game I, I referenced earlier where McDavid and Drysaddle went off on their uh, their little tangent for 11 points combined. Um, yeah, so he's really turned it around. He needs to. He needs to rebuild his game. He wasn't great last year, and Ottawa gave him that four-year contract at a ton of money. Uh, maybe I'm mad at him, and maybe that's why I'd have him <laughs> a little bit lower, but he certainly has turned a corner, and one can hope, if you're an Ottawa fan, that he can continue that uh, this stretch because this is what you paid for. He's the seventh-highest-paid goalie in the league, yeah, and it's hard to say he's earned it over this past year and a half, but, hey, if he has turned a corner, good for him because – um lots have been going on i think off the ice for him uh, over this past stretch so it'd be great if he's uh getting past that and able to focus on stopping the puck well it's funny you just mentioned that murray's the seventh highest paid goaltender in the league and toronto has a goalie that's coming up for uh for free agency this yeah. summer in frederick anderson and real quick before i let you go what are your thoughts on that and do you think that anderson is a guy who the leash should marry themselves to long term I think this year is going to say a lot, Mikey. I don't know if you're looking to lock him up before you see what happens come playoff time. I think that's fair um, because, frankly, going back to the Boston series, uh, two of them, and then hasn't been able to get it done. He yeah. was okay. Uh, how would you think his, his game was against Columbus in that play-in series? Like, good, not great? I thought he was good, actually. No, I, I think Freddie Anderson was really good. He allowed – some of the goals that he allowed were back-breaking – um, just because of the, the the time that he allowed the goals and you know the how close the game was at the time, but other than that, if you think about it as a whole, I thought that he was actually really good in the in the playing series comparatively to the past couple of playoffs. But I actually thought it wasn't bad. That being said, I agree with you. I wouldn't be giving him a contract, and it was suggested maybe you give him a contract now, kind of as a, a vote of confidence, and maybe he'll play better going going forward. And I don't know if I agree with that. I think, you know, he's not someone I'm willing to marry myself to until I find out what he can do in the playoffs. And I think this is kind of his last chance. Um, now that they've kind of fixed up the defense in front of him, the Fords are playing a much better all-around game. He has help now, and if he can't get it done with the help that he's been given by the team in the playoffs, I mean, then I don't think that this is a guy that I do want to marry myself to, despite how well he's played so far this year. So I think it does depend, just like you said, on how he plays here in the playoffs, and I wouldn't be giving him a contract until the offseason. So he's a year older than Jacob Markstrom, who signed a six-year contract averaging six million dollars would you give freddie anderson a five-year deal at that price after this year no. should he even even if he plays well through the through playoffs and let's say gets him in the second round uh second round no I, I, in order for me to be on board of that i think he'd have to get us to uh we'd have to get out of the divisional series and get to the conference finals or the semifinals whatever it's being called this year for me, I think that would be considered uh, a because you, you have to look at this year as well and, and the North Division, right? So if they end up in first place, which I think a lot of people assume that they will end up winning this division as the, the class of the North, the kings of the North, if you will, for those Jon Snow fans out there. Uh, but I think that Anderson will get a, an easier uh 
you know, like they're not going to have to play Boston. They're not going to have to play Tampa, a much easier opponent here in the Canadian divisional playoffs than they would in the past couple of seasons, right? So, so I think this year is a little different as well. And I would need them to really show that he can win not just one series, but also a second series to show me that that first series wasn't a fluke because I've never seen him win one. Yeah, seriously. Oh. He, going back in Anaheim, he was solid in the playoffs, though. Yeah, but I don't. Was he? His game seven number's been awful, though. He can't. He can't yeah. put a Freddie Laleem. I've said it before. Can't put a team away. That's the biggest issue with uh, with Anderson and the, and the team. But like I said, though, now this is a different team, right? They they've bought in defensively. They've gone out. They've got a guy like TJ Brody, who I think has been exceptional for Toronto. Really big pickup, which is helping uh, this back end and, and play in their own zone. Zach Bogosian has actually been half decent for Toronto this year, and Justin Hall has stepped in to legitimately become a top four defenseman. So I think they actually, you know, with the help that he's been given now, he has no more excuses. He's got to perform. I think Justin Hall is probably the best story on this Leafs team. Would you say? I think it's awesome that he's been able to battle back from from the adversity of kind of being told that you're an outcast and uh, really make a name for yourself. So I'm actually a big fan of Justin Hall. I'm with you, man. I mean, outside of maybe the fact that Austin Matthews is having like a heart candidate type season, Justin Hall certainly to me is the the next best storyline of the year so far. He's somebody who I think all off season and all early into the early seasons and even last year, everybody was talking about Justin Hall. Like, yeah, he's playing in the top four, but he's a 5-6. He's playing in the top four, but he's a 5-6. He's being strung along by a strong play of Jake Muzzin. And he's come out this year and really squashed that narrative. He is proving that he is a top four defenseman. And there have been some nights where he's carried Jake Muzzin. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. I think he's got a little more offense to the game than he's even shown to uh, this how point. How about that so. shot the other night? Yeah, howitzer. Yeah, so I think uh, I I like what the Leafs got cooking right now, but when it comes to Freddie Anderson and his future with the team, I think it it, it really does rely on what he does in the in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, it's not a goodwill situation here. In good faith, I meant to say because you need to see what you have for him when the games count most before you offer him another contract. At least in my eyes, hundred percent. Uh, all right, man, Ross, I really appreciate you joining me today. That was a good, fun conversation. Always enjoy our chats. You can go and listen to his podcast. Uh, I know it's enemy territory with the Sens and being the Battle of Ontario, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Him and Brandon Pillar really bring the heat each and every day. It's a good laugh. It's a good time. You can check that out at Locked on Sens. That's going to do it for us here today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Lease and follow Ross at Ross Levitan. And uh, Ross, once again, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate the kind words, Mike. You always love going back and forth. And uh, this isn't the last series, Ottawa, Toronto. So uh, we'll do it again down the road for sure. That's right. We got uh, a game tonight, folks. So enjoy it. The Leafs and Sens at Scotiabank Arena. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. I'll be recapping tonight's game for the Leafs and Senators. Till then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.